Thank you. All glory to God. How God uses children to sing his praises. Well, I want to talk to you a little bit tonight about the light. And we all need the light because if we don't have the light, we're in darkness. And I was so moved by the monologues of Mary and Joseph. They tell their stories. And then Joseph says, and we missed it on that last line, he said, I, I can figure out, I can understand why God chose Mary, but I don't understand why he chose me, Joseph. And then Mary says, I don't know a lot, but I know one thing, he changed me. Those two things are worth the takeaways tonight, that he changes us and that he chooses us. Well, Mary and Joseph were in a predicament like nobody in history before them or after them. She was pregnant without human involvement. And so there was a lot of confusion, and they didn't know what to do. They were in a dither, and there was no way out until they understood it was a divine plan, and God sent angels to them. But even after the angels came, they had tons of questions. And most of the population, even throughout the life of Jesus Christ, stood there in skepticism and thought, yeah, yeah, divine conception. And most thought he was illegitimate. I can assure you there were lots of questions because a virgin birth is so unnatural. It is hard to swallow, and for at least two reasons. Number one, experience. Experience tells us that if someone is pregnant, there's going to be a human father somewhere. And experience tells us that. And so I relate totally with that, very totally, closely and personally. For one day, there was a teenage lady who knew something was different about her body, so she went to the doctor, and the doctor said, you're pregnant. Now, she could have said, wait a minute, doctor and family and friends and church, uh, this is a supernatural pregnancy. There was nobody involved, and who would believe that? Nobody. Experience tells us that can't happen, and that lady was my mother, and I and that child. But there's a second reason the virgin birth is hard to swallow. Because the eyes of the people of Israel were blinded for centuries, all the way to the days of Mary and Joseph. We just went through a special Christmas series here at Old North called Christmas Before the Manger. And three gentlemen on staff had the opportunity to talk about the passage. And so Nathan first talked about the sixth century prophet Isaiah who said a virgin would conceive and bear a son, and they would call his name Emmanuel. And then Chris followed with the 8th century prophecy of Micah. And Micah said there'd be someone who would come from Bethlehem who would rule Israel. And then I got to talk about Isaiah, who said a child will be born, and he will sit on the throne of David and rule the everlasting kingdom. And it's in that section we find out why they couldn't see because Isaiah said the people were walking in darkness. And when you are in total darkness, you can't see anything. But Isaiah prophesied that one would be born who would bring light into the darkness. So let me tell you when the lights began to go on for Mary and Joseph. It was 40 days after the birth of Jesus. And it's recorded in Luke chapter 2. Let me read it for you. It's a great story. Often we miss it at Christmas time. And when the time came for her purification, 
their purification according to the law of Moses. They brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all the peoples, and here it comes, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. Ah, there it is. A people in darkness, and the child has come, and he's piercing the darkness with light. And this old man, Simeon, in the temple was the first to see it. And he began to explain it to Mary and Joseph, and the lights began to go on in their hearts and minds. And the text says they marveled. Fast forward 30 years to John's gospel. He says in chapter 1, Jesus is the light of the world. Chapter 8, Jesus himself said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And the centuries-long darkness of the people walking in darkness began to see the light. So here's Mary and Joseph and their 40-day-old child. And now they're coming to do what the law of Moses said. They're going to come to the temple, and you need to understand what's going on here. The Mosaic law prescribed that when a baby boy was born, you couldn't go to the temple until 40 days were over, and then you could have the presentation and the dedication and the cleansing on the 40th day after the son's birth. Why 40 days? I'm not sure, but that's what the law said. It would take 40 days for purification to happen, and then you could come to the temple at the end of 40 days after the birth. And by the way, for daughters, it was 80 days of uncleanness. The law said the parents who come for the dedication have to bring a spotless lamb. And then they would bring that into the temple and present it before the Lord in sacrifice, and the presentation and dedication would happen. But if you were too poor, you didn't have to bring a lamb. You could bring two little turtle doves. And so Mary and Joseph left Bethlehem, poor as they were, and they came to the temple with their two little young doves. Meanwhile, in the temple was this old man, Simeon, and in comes this couple with a child, and immediately Simeon knew. And he went to Mary, and he reached out, and he took the little baby boy, and as he held baby Jesus in his arms, he began to praise God and say something like this, I can die now, Lord. My eyes have seen your salvation. This child is the light you prepared for an entire world in darkness. Could you say that now the light was dawning on Mary and Joseph? And here's the amazing thing. That day, nobody else in the temple recognized the light. It was only Mary and Joseph, Simeon, and Anna, an 84-year-old widow. And nobody outside, really, even the shepherds, understood this truth about the light of the world coming. 
And the amazing thing, 20 centuries have gone by since that event, and the world is still largely in darkness. They don't know who Jesus is. But my hope tonight is that you sitting here, that you, whoever you are, you would know who the light is. That in the darkness of your life, you would know where to turn. And you would understand that Jesus is the light of the world. This little baby boy that was born 20 centuries ago, just like Mary and Joseph and Simeon and Anna saw it 40 days after his birth, that you see too that he's the light you need. Before me is a hundred strands of light. I just want you to know I don't get along very well with lights like this. They caused me a lot of problems. And I've thought over the years that maybe I should exact a class action suit against the, the manufacturers of these kinds of lights because the box says, when one goes out, the rest stay lit. The ninth commandment says, thou shalt not lie. And I have a problem every year because I use a lot of lights. And it seems to me that every year I use these lights and I decorate that after I get it all said and done, half a strand goes out and I can't get them back on. And so a couple years ago, I decided to go whole hog. And so the trees in my front yard, I put all kinds of lights on them. I turn them on and some of them, half the strand was out. Ooh, that bristled me. And then I've got this long fence in my backyard, and I decided I'm going to make it beautiful. I'm going to put all kinds of lights on my back fence, and I turn them on, and some of the strand halves were out, and I bristled, and I said, okay, I'm not going to redo all this. I put the light out, and I didn't turn them on for the rest of the year, and I said, I'm going to go inward. And so I went inside, and I put the garland that's lighted up my staircase, and they all lit. They were all working. And I went to Maria and I said, you'll never believe it. All the lights are working. A couple of days later, she comes to me and says, oh, <clears throat> honey, I hate to tell you and spoil your day, but some of the lights are out on the garland. And then I went to the Christmas tree. I put 1,200 lights on my Christmas tree. I'm kind of fanatic about it. I went in there one day and in the middle of the tree, there was a strand or two and half the strand was out. That's a catastrophe because what are you going to do to solve that problem? So I went in there and I said, Lord, I'm going to heal this tree. I'm laying my hands on this strand here and wiggled some wires. And lo and behold, it came back on. A Christmas miracle. But listen, this half strand of lights not working business happens every year. And it would be a huge mistake for you to think that it doesn't make the preacher mad. <laughs> Can't believe it. So year after year, I'm not going to tell you what happened this year because the same thing happened. And so I said, okay, Lord, I must be kind of thick. You must have a lesson for me in these lights going out half a strand and I can't get them back on year after year after year. I'm a slow learner, Lord, but what is the lesson? And then I had a moment of insight. I'm not the only one with a light problem. God has a light problem too. He has had a problem ever since the dawn of history because the light of God has had a tendency to go out. And so God created the earth in glorious light and Satan cast it into ugly night and a strand went out. And God created man in marvelous light and sin plunged the race into hopeless darkness and a strand went out. 
And then God sent a flood and started all over with Noah. And he soon had to discipline the world again at the Tower of Babel. And a strand went out. And God chose Abraham to ignite his light through a people called Israel. But they turned their back on Yahweh God and a strand went out. And the Gentiles in the Old Testament through Israel were invited to learn the ways of God. But they chose idols and a strand went out. And then God sent Jesus to this planet to lighten the world, and the Jews rejected and crucified Him, and a strand went out. But not all was lost, because then God turned to the Gentiles, and the lights went on. And when Mary and Joseph brought Jesus into the temple 40 days after His birth, that godly and elderly Simeon picked up that baby, recognized Jesus for who he was, and he said, this one is the light of the Gentiles, and today around the world there are millions and millions of Gentile believers. The light did not go out there. But God isn't the only one who has light problems. There are millions of people whose light strands of life seem to go half or totally out for them too. And maybe, just tonight, maybe you're in this room and you're one of them. For someone is counting on a healthy life and they go to the doctor and the doctor tells them, you've got a terminal illness. And part of a strand goes out. And someone falls in love and marries and they start their life together and things go bad and maybe it goes towards a divorce and maybe even worse, an affair. And part of a strand goes out. And then someone graduates from college and they get a great job and they go into debt and all of a sudden the job is eliminated. They can't find a job and they're in financial crisis and a light goes out. And then there's someone you love dearly and they're taken from you in death and you feel the stinging grief and there's not much you can do at that moment and part of a strand goes out. And then someone brings a life into the world and the child grows up and breaks the parent's heart and part of a strand goes out. And then you put your trust in a friend and they betray you or they treat you badly and part of a strand goes out. Listen, I finally figured it out. There's a lesson here. In this fallen world, life is about strands of light that go out. All the way from God to people, it happens to God, it happens to us. And oh yes, it's a great blessing when all the lights work. But we get into needless frustration and depression when we expect them all to work all the time. They don't. Not in decorations and not in life. The themes of light and darkness are constant in the Bible, all the way from Genesis 1 to the last chapter of Revelation. Light stands for good and for God, and darkness stands for evil, and darkness and Satan. And Satan loves to bring gloom and darkness to everybody he can. And in fact, Satan's specialty is darkness. But it only takes one little flame to begin to quell the darkness. And I want you to realize tonight who that flame is. It's Jesus, the light of the world. He dispels the darkness. He gives us hope when we're groping in darkness He's the only true light, and only He can bring true and lasting light to our worlds again. There's none of us tonight who can deny that this world is full of pain. And my guess is tonight there are a lot of you sitting in here, and even though it's the festive time of year and it's a Merry Christmas, that 
your heart is burdened and you're feeling pain too and a little darkness in your life, I want you to know that Jesus can bring light to your outen strand of light. Friends, the message of Christmas is this. If you'll let Jesus into your heart tonight and take control of your life, His ultimate goal is to light the complete strand of your life again. And so tonight, if you're sitting here and you feel like half your strand is out or all of your strand is out, I want you to believe that Jesus is the light of your life. If you let Him, He'll take your life and at the right time and in the right way, He'll turn all the lights of your life on for His glory. But the first thing you need to do is to invite Jesus into your life as Savior. That's when the true light of your life is activated. And then from from that time on, it's a matter of saying when you feel darkness, Lord, I trusted you as my Savior, the light of the world. Now I need you to lead my pathway through your light, through my darkness, and He will. And so I don't know whether tonight you have a full strand that's lit, a half strand that's lit, or whether the whole strand of your life feels out tonight. You may be in great shape this Christmas Eve, or you may be in rough shape, but as we light the candles tonight, as you light your candle, let it be an expression of your relationship to Jesus Christ, the light. If your whole strand is lit, I want you to light your candle in just a moment in praise and thanksgiving to God. Things are going well. But if your strand of life is half lit or basically out, I want you to light your candle tonight in faith, believing that Jesus can come to your side and in your darkest moments can light your life again. Now the lights may not come on immediately for you, but in faith, you need to hope for a better day because it will definitely come to those who believe in Jesus with all their hearts. So tonight, light your candle as a symbol that all the lights in your strand of life can one day brilliantly shine because Jesus is the true light who's come into the world to light up your life. Let's light our candles.